Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions. Each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Moasisi, and I'm your host for the Facts Roundtable podcast. I'm a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog. We're sitting down today with Kendall Renee, who's a singer, songwriter, musical artist, and facts ambassador who has been living her dream to the max while managing her food allergies. Welcome to the show today, Kendall. I am so excited to speak to you and really excited just to catch up. Yes, me too. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Now I want listeners to know, Kendall and I met years ago, and I teared up then, and I don't know if you even remember when I met you, but I felt like I've watched you blossom from this self-empowered teen managing food allergies into this beautiful and talented woman. So now you are living quite the extraordinary life. Can you share your background with listeners and include how you became involved with FACT? Yes. So, oh my goodness, I actually do remember that. It's so crazy. It's been so long. I think I was probably 12 or 13 when I met you. I was young. I know that. But I grew up with food allergies. Obviously, I was born with them. I'm anaphylactic to 95% of all food. I get the gist of my nutrition through a feeding tube in my stomach. And then what I'm not allergic to, I can snack on, thankfully. But I am an advocate as well as a singer-songwriter and recording artist. But I've been an advocate for It seems silly to say my whole life, but I really do feel like since I was like three years old, I have actually have a video of myself, literally a tiny toddler and my mom teaching me how to say I'm allergic to A, B, C, and D. But yes, I got involved with facts since the beginning because I've known Eleanor for so many years. She's so wonderful and has been such a huge, huge just role model for me in my life as an advocate and also just as an amazing just boss lady. She is so great. And so yes, fact is a huge part of my life and something I'm so excited to be a part of and just honored to be here, especially. We're so happy you're with us. And that's exactly how I met you through Eleanor. Yes. She's a connector, I believe. She is. She's the best connector. Now, can you talk to our listeners a little more about feeding tube? How does that work? And just how do you manage it? Maybe go into a little more detail. Yeah, so basically, there's different types of feeding tubes. There's actually two different kinds of feeding tubes. So there's an NJ, which goes through your nose, which I don't have. I have a G tube, which is directly into my stomach. And then some people have a GJ tube, which is directly into the intestine. So it's just kind of one step farther But for me, I've had it since I was four and a half, and I got it because of all of the allergens. I wasn't getting any nutrition, and I was failure to thrive, and at four and a half, I was like 26 pounds and just sort of wasting away. At the time, there wasn't a lot of education about what life with a feeding tube is like or what that actually meant. So my parents were kind of under the impression that it would be sort of like this handicap sentence in a way. There was no options anymore. It was, I needed it or I wasn't going to make it. So 
I wish that we would have gotten it sooner. And I think honestly, every parent that has been in that situation, that's what I hear every single one of them say is I wish we would have done this sooner because I kind of celebrate the day I got my tube as the day that my life sort of started. Having a tube is not at all a handicap sentence. Honestly, it really is the thing that sustains my life. And whether it's just doing gravity feeds, which basically means that's where I just manually hook up the tube, which is in a little port in my stomach, pour the formula in, or like what I'm actually doing as we speak right now, where I'm hooked up to a little feeding pump, which is like an IV pump that you would see in the hospital. It's just a lot smaller, thankfully. So you can kind of put it in a backpack and go about your day in your normal seat. I'm actually very, very grateful for my feeding tube, and I think it's a gift, but I'm very lucky that I only have a G-tube, so it's very easy for me to detach when I need to. I love your honesty. So (laughs) did you meet a lot of other kids with G-tubes too? When I, honestly, it's funny, when I was younger, no. Um, And I think that was probably one of the most difficult parts of sort of my story was just back This was 18 years ago when I got mine. There wasn't a whole lot of information and connection out there with people that have tubes. And so I didn't really have anybody to like look up to or know anybody that had tubes. It wasn't until like a few years into my journey having a tube that my mom found another organization for people with tubes. And then once we found that, it was so awesome because... We had like this whole community, kind of like fact is, just for people with tubes and lines and different medical struggles. So it was really cool because it just gave us a sense of normalcy. Now, as an advocate, something that is so important to me is just kind of getting feeding tubes out there in the mainstream media and in just shows, catalogs, anything I possibly can so that other people that have tubes see themselves represented because I think that's so important just for everything and especially different things with disabilities. So I'm grateful to be able to do that and it's a big part of my mission. And I appreciate you telling people about the two because since I met you and I learned all about it, when I meet other people, I'm like, oh, I know someone who has a tube. <laughs> yes. She's a singer and she has this great life. And, and, and I just love it because you're just so open with it and you just make it normal. Like, yeah, that's how I get my nutrition. Thank you. I try. Just like everyone. And I think, I think it's unfair to just act like... I was always extremely confident with this because definitely when I was younger, it was kind of like I said, it depends on the day. Some days I was just like, yeah, I have a tube, so what? There are things, especially in the teenage years, where you're just like self-conscious and I never really wanted anybody to see it. And I think that's where I had to grow and learn that, okay, this is different. It's not something you see every day, but the biggest part of my advocacy and journey is just pushing this message that different is beautiful and different is okay and it needs to be normalized yeah it's it's a journey but it's something I'm working on every day and I feel really lucky to get to meet so many amazing people now that also have different disabilities and feeding tubes and just connect with all of them because they inspire me on the days where I'm having a hard time it really takes a village we're also interconnected right yes for sure I love that. So now let's talk about your new release. So it's called Better is Coming. And of course, I cry every single time (laughs) I watch it. But can you explain to listeners what the song is about? And then why do you think moms like me cry when we see the video? (laughs) I think in all fairness, I literally wrote the song and made the video and I can't watch it without crying still. So it's a good cry. It's just 
It's emotional. But yeah, my new release, Better is Coming, it's a song that I wrote two years ago with some amazing co-writers and mentors of mine called Richard Harris and Warren Sellers is their name. They just kind of invited me into the room and as hit songwriters, I was super nervous because I had never really co-written that much before. And I thought I was going to be sort of observing that day. (laughs) And so I walked in and they're like, what do you want to write about? And I was just like, oh, okay, I get to have a say in this. I, I don't know what I'm doing. It was very exciting. But that day, actually, where this song came from, this was May 2nd, 2018 that we wrote the song, which was at the time the 17 year anniversary of the day I got my tube because I got it on May 2nd, 2001. So we wrote the song because Richard, one of the co-writers, he gets a lot of requests for pitch for songs that are sort of inspirational. And so He was like, we should write something kind of uplifting and positive today. And I was like, well, today happens to be my favorite day of the year. And we started to talk about my story and journey growing up in and out of hospitals and stuff like that. And the question just kept coming up of what is something that you would want to tell somebody that is in a hard time or in this space where they're struggling just like you were or what would you tell yourself even if you could go back and talk to your younger self in that space and there was so much I was just like honestly there's so much that I would say because it's it's such a roller coaster of a journey and there's so many days where I wish I could just go back and be like you're gonna be okay it's gonna be fine better is coming and so that's sort of where the song came from and for years and years and years and years I have wanted to make this video I have literally been through so many highs and lows of this journey of trying to make this music video happen. I always wanted to create a music video that tells the stories of different people with disabilities and showcases their stories in a triumphant and positive way. And luckily this year, finally, everything fell into place and I was able to partner with Aerie And they supported me financially to create this video and just came alongside me as an artist, which I'm so grateful for because I honestly could not in a million years have thought of a better partnership than this company because they believe so much in showcasing people with disabilities and just that all people are beautiful and just showing that different is beautiful. And so when that happened, I was over the moon excited and it's finally out and i am so 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 excited for people to see it and just my goal is that with every view it would change the way that people with disabilities are seen and celebrated and also just inspire people that are going through a hard time in general that it gets better better is coming and pain is temporary it doesn't last forever and i think our world kind of needs that message right now more than ever Boy, we really do need that message right now. Okay, so now why do you think moms like me I see it? <laughs> I think personally, just from experience knowing my mom and like her role in the video, if you have seen it, if you haven't seen it yet, sort of my mom's in the video playing herself. And then my baby cousin, who also actually has food allergies, which is really crazy because we look identical. And she also was born with food allergies. But she plays Mini-Me in the video, and it's a scene of actually, we were recreating sort of the moment of a time where I had gone into anaphylactic shock, and the moment of being wheeled into the ambulance, and all the lights, and the fear on a mom's face when they go through that struggle, or a dad's face, just the parent, and trying to tell your kid it's it's gonna be okay while you're terrified. When we shot that scene, it was actually really hard, because 
my mom and I both were just really emotional because it was so real. I went into it knowing that it might be a trigger in the PTSD area, but I don't think I prepared fully for how real it would all look. And so it was just bizarre because it was like literally watching my little self like relive this moment. And it was also really empowering in a way because I got to go in and be in that moment and be present on purpose this time when it's not an emergency (laughs) and just sort of tell myself in a way like it's going to be okay. And I wanted that message to transcend to all parents and all people with food allergies in general or just any disability. Because I think that's probably the biggest reason that people probably cry that have a kid, especially with food allergies, because there's many scenes in this video that actually highlight food allergies and some of the struggles that we go through. But the reoccurring theme that I keep getting from people is, it's just, I've lived this. I think that's the thing that I keep getting messages that say that. And every single time I do, I start crying because... That's all I ever wanted to do was to just tell all of our story. And of course, I could never do that entirely because everybody has their own path with this. But I did it to the best of my ability and tried to do it in like a universal way. I think that's probably why everybody cries. You hit it spot on. When I saw your mom, I was like, oh. It was relatable, but then it's a beautiful message of hope. You know, so you get through the first wave of crying, (laughs) and then this beautiful message of hope comes through, and you're like, oh, no, here we go again. (laughs) I definitely urge listeners to find it. We'll make sure we put the link at the end of the podcast so you can look at it, too. And leave us a message and say, did you cry or (laughs) not? (laughs) I'd love to hear from people and what they think and what part they relate to most. Because we tried to fill it with a lot of different angles of the whole journey of being different and growing up with different special needs. I'm excited to continue to see. It's already honestly blown my mind with the support that it's received. I still can't really wrap my head around it, but I'm just really, really grateful to see it continue to grow and touch a lot of people. Because that's all I really care about at the end of the day. Can you share with listeners how to find the song? Yes, you can do that. In the video. Basically, for the video portion, you can just go on YouTube and search Kendall Renee Better is Coming, and it should come right up. Also, I think you guys are probably going to link it here, so they should be able to just click on it. As far as the song goes, you can find that anywhere that music is streamed and sold. All music platforms, it should be on there under Kendall Renee. Again, Better is Coming is the song title, and yeah, you can find it anywhere, and I'd love to hear what you guys think of it. Okay, everyone, you have your job now to let Kendall know what you thought of it. Yes, please do. So now, how did you find your path to music? And then where do you want to go now? Because this is something you've wanted to do for a long time, and now you've done it. It's one of those major crazy feelings, because I feel like for so many years, I have been working so hard to try to make this happen. And so now it's happened. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) what now? Um, It's sort of like that mountaintop thing where you're like, okay. So I climbed the first mountain and then I'm starting to realize now all of the mountains ahead of me. (laughs) And it's, it's hard because I've always been in love with music. I was sort of born into loving music. My grandparents are musicians on my mom's side. So my grandma is a concert pianist and my grandpa is a gospel opera singer. I grew up always hearing music and I would sing with them in church sometimes, but I really was solely focused on competitive figure skating. That was like my entire life for 13 years. So 
over the years, I kind of always knew. Like, and I think I always was sort of fighting it in a way just because I loved my sport so much. And I was so focused on that. But I, even in skating, it's funny looking back now because all of my points on competition days would always come from music interpretation, like every single time. That would always be the thing that would make me successful in that and the thing that kept me doing it, honestly, because I loved interpreting music on the ice. And so I eventually, at 13, just could not help myself anymore because I started writing songs at eight years old and I always loved music and would write music but I didn't know how to play an instrument and so when I got to be 13 I like saved up my money for a whole year like all my allowance money and everything and I would like do weird things to try to like make a couple dollars here and there and I finally got my first guitar where once that thing came home everything changed was I would just sit in my room like for hours making my fingers bleed just trying to learn chords and um and I started to take lessons I just kept doing it and then it got once I got to like 17 and 18 the real struggle came in of okay which way are you gonna go because you can't really do both forever and at the time I was having a lot of health issues anyway so it knocked me off the ice for a while and I was forced to just find something that was more sustainable at that time. So I just started writing more and more music and I ended up getting my first record deal at 17. So it was really early and I was not expecting any of that to happen. Fate just sort of decided for me what I would be doing and I'm really glad that it did because I think I could not be happier with what I'm doing. I've always loved music and it's been such a passion of mine. So I'm really glad that had that happen um, and that health scare at that time because I don't think I would have been writing and focusing as much or had the time to focus as much on music as I did so I loved it and that's sort of what led me I have all these crazy crazy like pipe dreams with music and I'll always sort of be that way I plan like 10 years ahead and just kind of hope that they'll happen but I think it's every day I just do the next thing that moves me toward my goals and now it's that struggle of getting it out there then we're also because I'm crazy in the process of recording the next thing so it's a lot but I just want to keep making music that has a message attached to it my next project will focus a lot actually on mental health which is something I'm also really passionate about so we're going to be releasing a song about that called Novocaine pretty soon so I'm excited about that I love your energy. You're so positive and excited. And it's just so fun also because we've all known you, like you said, since you're about 12, 13, and probably Eleanor a little little longer. And then to watch you as a person with food allergies and health conditions, to watch you just have these dreams and then these dreams are coming true. It's crazy. (laughs) It it is. It's so beautiful for us to watch. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So now we're going to switch gears for just a moment because I know you've attended and participated in Camp Tag. Yes. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about Camp Tag and then also if you have a favorite memory. But if you can explain to listeners what Camp Tag is and how you've participated. My biggest role of involvement has always been the team retreat. And then I also did Camp Tag. And what's funny about Camp Tag, which is a camp for kids with food allergies, which I think is so amazing because when you grow up with food allergies, you often don't get to go to camp. And if you do, it's a big stressor because there's a lot of food involved, which is what's so wonderful about Camp Tag from FACT because, or the teen retreat as well, because 
it's a safe environment for all of us to get together with similar people that are going through similar food allergy struggles, which honestly, if you are a person that has a food allergy or a family member with a food allergy, that makes all the difference because you found your people. That's what I go through every single day too. I started doing the teen retreat from the very beginning, so the first one, and I loved it because, well, I was technically in charge of these kids. Really, honestly, at the end of the day, I would leave every single time just so inspired and felt like I had learned so much wisdom from every single one of them. I have two like favorite memories from either Camp Tag or the teen retreat. Um, I did Camp Tag when it was in California. And what's so crazy about that is that was the first time that I ever met Avery, who's also in my music video. But she came and I had already known Stephanie, her mom, who's an amazing advocate. And she had told me all about Avery and how similar we were. And so I was so excited that they brought her to Camp Tag that year. And it was so crazy because literally that time that I met her and spent with her over that week was also the time that I had at the time gotten the inspiration for my album original, which was my first album. And I kind of wrote this song actually to Avery at the time, which was sort of this message of it's okay to be different, which is sort of my biggest message now as an advocate. And just watching, I think that's my second favorite thing is, especially at the teen retreat over the years, watching these kids just grow. Like, I always love to watch, like, the first year they come when they're kind of shy and, like, don't really know anybody. And they're just kind of, like, putting their toe in the water. And then it's crazy because they'll come back the next year even. And some of these kids have become, like, the strongest little advocates for themselves. And we end up having them lead their own talks because, They just have grown into this confident little individual and they have so much to share and it's so cool to watch because like I didn't get to have that in a lot of ways when I was their age because there wasn't a whole bunch of resources the way that there is now with fact. And so to get to see that just makes literally every year I just come home with the fullest heart because I'm seeing these kids and these teens just blossom into young adults and that know how to advocate for themselves and how to protect themselves and also just be proud of their food allergies, not just live with them, but wear them like a fashion statement. And I love it because the just it makes me so happy to see people confident in themselves and their abilities. And it's also just so cool to watch what they're all doing in the world because some of them, it's crazy the people that I started this journey with are now either working for fact, which is amazing, like Natasha and Emery, both of them, we all grew up doing that together. So it's so cool to watch just like what we're doing in the world now and how we're using those tools that we learned over the years at these conferences or these camps, even on days where I'm having a hard time. It's great because a lot of times the people that I end up reaching out to are them or the other teens that I've met or the other families and just being like I'm having an interesting food allergy day today like has this ever happened to you and it ends up being a five hour long conversation because we're just like ranting and raving about all of the crazy things that we go through on a day-to-day basis or just like ranting about all of our favorite allergy safe snacks or all the things that just nobody really thinks about if they don't have food allergies but we have to think about on day-to-day so I cannot even begin to say how grateful I am for fact or the family that I've had and the support I've had over the years and how much that has 
shaped who I am now. And also the support it's given my family because it's not just the person with allergies that fact supports, but it also supports the whole family. And I love that because it's just just as hard as it is for me to have food allergies. It's also really hard on the people around me to adapt and to know how to care for me and to know how to be there for me in that. So it's cool because it's given my parents and even my friends resources to be able to know this is how we keep Kendall safe and also happy. So it's really cool. And I just, yeah, I am the biggest bragger about fact because I love their mission and I love being a part of it. We like to hear that. (laughs) And thank you for sharing So now, do you have a message you want children and young adults to hear? Oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) Better is coming. (laughs) It's so hard because I could literally go on for days of just random little nuggets of either wisdom or lessons that I've learned along the way. But I think that's why we tried to put it in a four-minute song in a video and just throw it out there. So if anybody is having a hard time, I would say just watch that. And then also just know that Food allergies, while I've said this a million times, while they can feel like a curse when you're going through it, they really are a gift. They make you a more compassionate human being. They make you stronger. They teach you how to advocate and use your voice, which is so important in the world that we live in. And I think once you learn those tools, you use them in other parts of life as well. And you end up being an advocate for many different causes and standing up for what you believe in because you learn how to advocate for yourself at a young age because you had to. And so, yeah, I would say if you have food allergies and you're in that interesting space where you're especially newly diagnosed even and you're just like, I feel so out of place. I don't know what I'm doing. Just know that most of us live every day with that same, nobody really knows what they're doing. We're learning every single day. It's a learning curve. And also just latch onto resources like this because you need to know that you're not alone. You're never alone in this. We're all in this together. So now as we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share? Just no better is coming. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think that is absolutely perfect. Well, thank you, Kendall, for sharing your story and your wisdom. And thank you for using your talent and gifts to uplift people in the food allergic community and beyond. We really appreciate that. So thank you for your time today. And Kendall, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show to talk about all sorts of things. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Thank you all for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, share, and review our podcast, and be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Have a great day, and always be kind to one another.